Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was picking up my kids from their preschool at the, at the end of the day, and I went into my daughter's classroom to, to get her. While I was in the classroom, uh, I saw this, this scene. Um, there was a little girl and a little boy and the teacher, and this little girl, she was holding a picture book. And when I say holding, I mean she had an iron grip on this book. She was not going to let it go. Uh, this little boy was next to her, and he was having a, a full-on meltdown, I mean, just super upset. He clearly really wanted this book that the girl was holding and it was like his life depended on it. Uh, At one point he started trying to grab at the book and and wrestle it away from the little girl but then she started giving him a a stiff arm. It was like a little Heisman Trophy action going on. Uh, Well the teacher was there and she was doing her best to to sort out this little disagreement and I overheard the teacher explaining to the girl that actually the book did belong to the boy. Apparently he brought it in that morning and um, now he wanted it, it back. You know it was it was his. He, he was the owner of it. Well, the little girl was not moved by that at all. Uh, in fact, she just clung tighter to the book. And this whole time, uh, the, the little girl was yelling these same two words over and over and over again. I'm sure you can guess what the two words were. She was yelling, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Well, uh, if you've spent any time around preschoolers, you know that that's a fairly typical preschooler interaction. If you live with preschoolers like I do, you probably observe some version of this on a daily basis. It's not that abnormal. Uh, But nevertheless, I share this story because it illustrates something about human nature. And that is that we humans, we tend to treat things that we have as things that we own. We tend to treat things we have as things that we own. Uh, This little girl did not actually own that book. She just had that book. Uh, But in her mind, because she had it, she owned it and she could do whatever she wanted to with it. In this case, she did not want to give it back to the little boy. Um, The lesson that she had to learn that day was that just because you have something doesn't mean you own it. Just because something is in our possession doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want to with it. Uh, And Jesus, in this scripture reading that Minoka shared with us a few minutes ago, uh, in that scripture, Jesus is actually trying to teach all of us this very same lesson. Uh, This distinction between having and owning, this is important for us to think about because the truth is uh, most of us have quite a lot. You know, certainly by global standards, most of us have a, a whole lot. And legally speaking, we also own a lot. I mean, legally, most of what we have, we own. You know, if you steal my car, uh, you could get arrested for that. Why? Because my car is my legal property. I bought it. I paid for it. I've got the title on it. So, you know, don't steal my car. That would be bad for, for both of us. Uh, legally, we, we own a lot. But on a deeper level, uh, as Christians, we just have a very different take on ownership. And this is extremely countercultural. It might even be a little bit offensive to, to some of us, but we just have a very different perspective on who actually owns what we have. 
Uh, when we get this wrong, we inevitably misuse what we have, and, and that can be really harmful. But when we get this right, and we use what we have in the right ways, ultimately it makes our lives better, uh, it makes the world better, and, and as we'll see in a minute, it makes our relationship with God better as well. So this is important to think about. Uh, now, why do Christians have such a weird perspective on ownership? Well, here's the, the reason. If you were with us uh, for, for worship last Sunday, you may remember that we talked about creation. And we talked about how God is the creator of, of everything that exists. The universe didn't have to exist. You and I didn't have to exist. All the stuff that we have didn't have to exist, but it does because in God's generosity, God created it. And because God, not us, God created everything, uh, ultimately everything belongs not to us, but to God. Ultimately, everything belongs to God. This idea is all over Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. Um, but I love how Psalm 24 sums it up. In, in Psalm 24, it says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Humor me for just a second and, and let's all say this together. Say it out loud wherever you're watching this. Uh, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Uh, basically, that's, that's saying to us, hey, uh, are you within the created universe? Yes, you are. Uh, is everything that you have within the, the created universe? Yes, it is. Well, then you may have a lot, you may have a little, but whatever you have, you're not the true owner of it. God is because God is the creator. Um, that's what it's saying to us. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Now, we, we might think, well, wait a second. I earned what I have. Okay, but, but who gave you your brain? And who gave you your abilities? And who gave you your, your opportunities? Uh, you might say, well, well I bought what I have. Yeah, but who gave you the ability to acquire money and, and purchase things with it? Again, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Uh, that's very countercultural. As I said, it might even be a little offensive to some of us, but as Christians, we believe that that is true. And it means that we may have things, but ultimately we're not the owner. God is the owner. Well, if that's true and we're not owners, then what are we? And what does all this mean for how we're supposed to be using what we have? Uh, that's a big question, and it's a question that actually uh, Jesus' very first disciples were wrestling with. And Jesus thought that this was important to talk about, and that's why Jesus told them this parable that we read a few minutes ago from Matthew 25. Um, before we dive into this, just a, a preface, you know, it's, it's always uh, helpful, I think, to, to pay attention to who Jesus is speaking to when he's teaching. You know, sometimes Jesus would teach the crowds, which is like the, the general public. Sometimes Jesus would teach specifically uh, well-educated religious leaders. In this case, Jesus is specifically talking to his closest disciples. By this point, these are folks who have followed him for uh, many years. They've spent a ton of time with Jesus, a ton of time getting to know him. Their relationship with Jesus is very, very close. Uh, so that's who Jesus is talking to here. And he lifts up this, this parable. Uh, and the parable goes like this. Jesus says, uh, once upon a time, there was uh, a rich man and this rich man was getting ready to go on a trip. Uh, where is he going? How long is he going to be gone? Is it business? Is it pleasure? Who knows? That's not really the point. Uh, the point is that before he leaves, this rich man calls together three of his servants. 
Now, what are servants? Well, servants are employees, right? They're people who are responsible to, they're accountable to their boss. So the rich man calls together three of his servants and he says, hey guys, I'm getting ready to go on this trip. And while I'm gone, I'm putting each of you in charge of some of my finances. And so to, to one servant, he gives $5,000. And to another servant, he gives $2,000. And to the third servant, he gives $1,000. And then he takes off. He, he goes away on his trip to, to wherever it was that he was going. What happens then? Uh, well, the first two servants, uh, they immediately start to think like investors. You see, they know that this money is not theirs, right? They don't, they don't own this. Uh, they're just managing it. And so they decide to invest this money in a way that they know that their boss will approve of. They invest this money in a way that's going to yield a return, not for themselves, but, but for their boss. And that pays off, literally uh, pays off for them. They're both able to double their money. The servant who started with 5,000, he makes 5,000 more. The servant who started with 2,000, he makes 2,000 more. It's pretty solid financial management. But the third servant was very, very different. Instead of thinking like an investor, the third servant thinks like an owner. Apparently, he assumes that his boss gave him this money just to like keep, uh, at least to keep until his boss comes back. Um, or maybe he assumed that the boss wasn't coming back at all. I'm not, not really sure. But either way, he treats this money like he owns it, like it's his to lose. And he really, really does not want to lose it. He becomes really possessive and, and protective of it. He becomes really defensive uh, about it. It kind of reminds me of that little girl in the preschool screaming, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. That, that's how he was thinking of this money. And for that reason, he doesn't invest it. But instead, he goes out in the backyard and he digs a hole and he just buries his thousand dollars. Why does he bury it? Well, it's so that only he knows where it is, so that only he will have access to it, because in his mind, this is now his money, and he wants to make sure that it stays his. Well, some time goes by. We don't know how much time. Some time goes by. Ultimately, uh, the, the boss comes back, and he calls together those same three servants, and he says, all right, let's, let's settle up. Tell me, how did it go? Well, the first servant comes forward and he says, hey, look, boss, you gave me 5,000. I invested it in a way that I knew you would approve of and I made 5,000 more. And the boss slaps him on the back and says, well done, good and faithful servant, come and celebrate with me. Well, then the second servant comes forward and likewise, he says, hey, boss, you gave me $2,000. I invested it in a way that I knew you would approve of and it worked out, I got 2,000 more. And the boss, again, slaps him on the back and, and says, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and celebrate with me. Well, then the third servant comes forward. And let's just say that this conversation does not go well. Uh, the third servant, he, he stutters and he stammers and he tries to make some excuses, but, but ultimately he has to admit that he did not invest the money at all. And as soon as he admits that, the boss just loses it on him. I mean, he really rips him a new one. Now, why is that? Is it because the boss is mean? No. Is it because the boss hates this servant? Not at all. It's because this servant was given an important job to do. I mean, the boss, he, he entrusted his own resources to this servant. And not only did the third servant misuse it, not only did he mismanage it when he should have known better, but the reason was so avoidable. The reason was that he treated this money that he had as if it was money that he owned. 
He treated this money that he had as if it was money that he owned. Well, here's the takeaway for us. Here's what I think Jesus wants us to get from this parable. Um, I think Jesus is saying that God is kind of like the boss here, and we are kind of like the servants, meaning that uh, you know, we, we have things, we have time and, and money and energy, we, we have resources, but ultimately we don't own it, God does. And what this means is that our role is to be investors. We are to be investors of the things that we have. God gives us all of these many different kinds of, of resources, not just to use to, to take care of ourselves and, and for our own benefit. Well, God certainly knows we have needs. Um, but, but even more than that, God gives us these resources to invest. And God calls us to invest what we have in ways that God will approve of, in ways that yield a return for God's kingdom. God calls us to invest what we have in things that matter to God. So the challenge for us, and this this can definitely be a a challenge, but it's to think about and to think honestly about how am I using what I have? As I think about all my resources, money for sure, but also time and energy, um, am I investing in ways that God will approve of? Am I using what I have in ways that are going to yield a return for God's kingdom? Am I investing in things that matter to God? And as we're reflecting on that question, uh, I want to encourage us to think specifically about how we're investing here at Kindred Church. Now, if you're just a visitor with us today, if you're scoping us out and and just just checking us out, uh, you can ignore what what I'm getting ready to to say. Um, But for those of us who who call Kindred Church our home, for those of us who are invested here, I'd invite us specifically to reflect on how we're investing our our resources at Kindred. Why? Because I believe, and I know you believe as well, that Kindred Church is one of those things that really, really matters to God. It really matters to God that that we are creating this vibrant, inclusive church community to serve our area. It matters to God that we're creating this place of authentic connection and spiritual growth for more and more people. It matters to God that we're offering a a church space where people who've been excluded from the church, where people who've been ignored by the church can come and truly belong. It matters to God that we're creating a, a church community where people who have big, heavy questions, people who have big doubts can come and they can still belong here. It matters to God that we're creating a church community where our LGBT plus brothers and sisters and siblings can come and and not just be welcomed here, but can be affirmed in who they are, where women are empowered to lead at every level of our church organization. Uh, It matters to God that we're helping people take their next steps in response to God's love and sending people out in mission to serve prisoners, to feed the hungry, to, to share the love of God in their everyday lives. I could go on and on and on about this, but the point is I believe, and I know you do too, that Kindred Church really matters to God. It really matters to God. And so when we invest what we have here, our money, our time, our energy, I think that's an investment that God gets really excited about. In part, because as we've seen over and over and over again, those investments yield such an incredible return. You know, I I can't tell you at this point how many times people have told me, uh, Daniel, I was ready to give up on church. Or sometimes they say, I was ready to give up on the Christian faith. 
or they'll say, Daniel, I knew I needed church in my life, but I just couldn't find a church where I felt like I could be my true self. Or they say, I couldn't find a church where all of my friends could come and truly be welcome. But then I found Kindred and now they say, Kindred Church is that family that I needed in my life. Your investments and my investments are making those kinds of stories possible. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Kindred Church is the only thing that we should be investing our, our resources in, not at all, but I would encourage us to prioritize it. Uh, because again, I think Kindred Church really, really matters to God. And if we keep investing, that's going to allow us to, to keep doing this deeply important work that God has called us to do together. Uh, when we remember this distinction between what we have and what we own, when we remember that God is the, the true owner and, and we're just the investors, when we invest our resources and things that matter to God, we get to become partners with God. We get to become active participants in the work that God is doing all around us. And as we make those investments and as we watch the impact, God gives us that very same affirmation that we hear in this parable. God says to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and celebrate with me. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come and celebrate with me. Let me pray for us. Oh, generous God, gracious, loving, merciful God, you are the creator of everything that exists, Lord. We know that our very lives are a gift from you. Certainly the, the resources that we have are a gift from you, Lord. Uh, help us to remember, as countercultural as this is, that we are not ultimately the true owners, but that you are. And we're just the investors, God. Uh, help us as we're mindful of that to invest in ways that you'll approve of, to invest what we have in things that will yield a return for your kingdom, God. To, to invest in the things that matter most to you. Lord, we ask your blessing on us here at Kindred Church, as we continue the mission that we believe that you have given to us, Lord. Uh, open our hearts to be generous with our finances, to be generous with our time, to be generous with our energy and the investments that we're making here so that we can keep pursuing the calling that you have placed upon us, God. Thank you for the return on the investments that we uh, are already celebrating with you, God. And as we look ahead to a new year of mission and ministry, we're so excited about all that you're going to continue to do. Uh, we love you, Jesus, and we pray all of this in your name. Amen. You, consider sharing it with a friend who might also enjoy it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast here and give us a rating that helps us connect with more listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.